The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after I had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And Jesus said, to the disciples, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And their friend answered from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though we not get up and give him anything because he, he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any father among you who... If your child asks for a fish, we give the child a snack instead of a fish. Or if the child asks for an egg, we give a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Over two weeks, we have lessons about discipleships. First, we read the Gospel of Good Samaritan and Jesus' visit to the home of Martha and Mary. These two episodes offers us complementary insight into the call to discipleship. As disciples of Jesus, we must be good Samaritans. But discipleship could not be reduced to that. It is not enough to do good things to others. The disciple of Jesus, 
we must also be inspired and nourished by sitting at the feet of Jesus, allowing his words to, to form, inform, reform, and transform us. Today's readings are centered on prayer. The first reading concerns the faith of Sodom and Gomorrah, the worst evil city in the time of Abraham. God was fed up with depravity and impure acts against nurture by the people. So God decided to destroy the cities. But Abraham prayed to God for the sake of the people. Abraham gives an example of sincere and intimate prayer. He talked to God as if he was just talking to a friend. He began with God like he would begin while shopping in a yard sales. He started with 50 holy people, and then he went down until he reached 10. God agreed to spare the city if there were 10 holy people. The responsorial psalm is a declaration of God's fidelity and willingness to listen to our prayers. Lord, on the day I called for help, you answered me. We are invited to remember the truth at all times. Our prayers are never a waste of time. God always listens to us. He's not someone distant. He is very close to us. In the second reading, St. Paul assures us that God will always be gracious and merciful to us because we are his beloved children. In the gospel, the disciples seen Jesus regularly praying, awakens their desire to pray, and they ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus taught his disciples many things by his words and actions. He taught them how to love and how to forgive. But this one occasion, Jesus teaches them and through them to us how to pray. The church father said, whenever we are praying, we are doing a version review of our Father. So this prayer should be central to our prayer life, should be part of our prayer, and prayer should be part of our lives. We should be praying not only for ourselves, but also for those who are in need, as Abraham did in the first reading. We have two versions of our Father. The two versions are almost the same, although there are some differences. Matthew version begins with our Father. 
the Luke's version, Father. In Aramaic, Father is called Abba. Abba is a language of intimacy, a language of closeness. The word, our Father, according to Pope Benedict XVI, requires that we step out of the closed cycle of I, mine, me, mine. In praying the Our Father, we pray in communion with the whole family of God, with people of all conditions, cultures, and races. Our Father overcomes all boundaries and makes us one family. We are all God's adopted children by baptism and incorporated into his family, the church. We are made brothers and sisters of Christ. When we call God our Father, we also recognize that from him comes all things. He is the source of our lives. He sustains and provides for our needs. So we should approach God as a child approaches his father, completely confident that the father will provide for everything that he needs. What is it that you truly need more than anything else in the world? God. That is all that we truly need. When we have God, we have all that we need. The next line of our Father says, Holy be your name. What is God's name? In Hebrew scriptures, we have so many names of God, such as El Shaddai, which means Most High, Adonai, Lord. But these are titles rather than the names of God. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, God revealed his name as I am who I am. In the book of Revelation, God is addressed as he who was, who is, and who is to come. The word holy means different. Thus, acknowledges God's absolute difference from all created things. Isaiah 40, 25 says, To whom will liken me, or who is my equal? To hallow God's name means to hold him as our highest value, to make him more important than anything else in our lives. Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom is a very permanent word in the New Testament. It is mentioned 122 times, 90 times in the Gospels. The scripture talks about types of kingdoms. Among them are the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of the world has to do with the ideas and the activities of the world. 
It means according to injustice, hatred, violence, according to me against you, you against them, that is the word in a negative sense. When Jesus asks us to pray for coming of his kingdom, he is simply saying, may the kingdom that is obtained in heaven, may the, king, the right order that is obtained in heaven come, the right order of love, the right order of justice, the right order of nonviolence, the right order of peace, may they be obtained here on earth. Yeah, we be done on earth as it is in heaven. The world, as we know, is a place where God's will is not done. It is a place where my will and the will of the powerful are done. Think of cultural, political, social, and economical implications of that prayer. No wonder Jesus says, anyone who does the will of my Father is my brother, is my sister, is my mother. Give us this day our daily bread. We ask God each day the food we need. In St. Luke's Gospel, Jesus sits at table, eating and drinking with all manners of people. This proclaims the hospitality of God. It was a great sign of welcome to all comers to Messianic banquet. Give us this day our daily bread invokes one of the biblical stories of Exodus. The people of Israel wandered in the desert, and each day the Lord fed them with manna. So Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray for new manna. The new manna is the Eucharist. It's really the bread of life, the bread that will satisfies the deepest yearning and longing of the human heart. Important to note, too, is the use of our daily bread. This means we are praying not just for our own daily bread, but that of others. So those who have abundance of bread are called to share with one another. Forgive us our sins. The word sin is, Greek, is from Greek word hamartia, which means missing the mark. In other words, I want to be generous. I want to be compassionate. I want to be honest, truthful, loyal, and chaste. But I miss the mark. At the heart of Jesus' teaching is forgiveness. How many of our problems, personal, cultural, social, and political, are predicated upon our incapacity to forgive? Think of it. Pope Francis visits Canada on which year to apologize for offenses committed over 100 years ago. We are, almost, we are also asked to pay a certain amount of money on that regard. But more importantly, 
Whenever the issue of residential school is raised, it triggers some kind of bitterness in our hearts. Some feel like burning down the church, feel like strangling the priests, and all that. Think about the problems in our families, societies, and in the world. It's merely our incapacity to forgive. So we are asking the Lord to please give all the capacity to forgive. Finally, the last line of our Father is the cry from the heart. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There are so many evils that beset us, physical, psychological, spiritual, personal, and political evils. It also reminds us that Christ's victory over the forces of sin and death is available for each and every one of us here and now. The essential question today, tomorrow, our entire life is, are we praying with perseverance? Are we praying with trust? Are we praying with confidence? Are we praying with forgiveness?